HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. We are here at the Raw Wine Fair at 99 Scott in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And we are sitting down with the founder of the fair, Isabel Legeron. Hi, Isabel. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks for visiting. We're so excited to be here. We've been tasting yesterday and today, and we'd love to hear from you about how the fair is going so far, um, your kind of thoughts and impressions about what it's like to be here in Brooklyn. It's going super well. I mean, you know, we sort of sold out on both days, uh, which is really brilliant news, obviously, for us and and, and the growers. Um, And I think, you know, there's so much uh, diversity. I mean, you've been here a couple of days. You probably haven't tasted, you know, all of the wines, there's like six or 700 wines, probably more to, to taste from all the corners of, of, of the world. So I think it's a great representation as to what's going on, the excitement, the, 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 the diversity, the variety uh, on, on, on offer. So, you know, the, the, the people are flying in from all over the states and also Canada and, and further afield to come here. Um, so it, it means that these, you know, buyers and, and drinkers uh, realize actually these wines are really amazing and they're worth traveling for and spending time over and meeting the growers. So for us, it's like, couldn't go better. Great. What are the some of the producers that you're most excited to have here that maybe haven't been at a raw wine fair before? We always get tons of... Uh, you know, new growers, uh, in terms of pinpointing, you know, particularly one, this is always a very <laughs> difficult question for me, for me to do. But what I love is that um, more and more we're seeing, you know, an increased sort of presence from Greece. You know, uh, or, you know, for a little while we had maybe one producer and now I can see that actually commercially people are, are, are starting to have more, more presence from, from Greece. Uh, the Georgians are always a really great, um, you know, sort of addition in addition to the fair. And then also seeing... You know, such a strong presence from America is, I mean, obviously we get a lot of people coming from France and Italy, and these are, I would say, the traditional region for these natural low intervention and, and you know, organic and biodynamic wines. But seeing, you know, such a strong support from, from American producers, for me, means a lot, because actually, yes, we are coming over from, from, from Europe. We were born in London, but I want this to be as much of a community-driven event as, as possible. Great. And looking forward quickly, you'll be in Los Angeles next week for the first time that Rob will be there. Will you talk a little bit about that and the differences between that fair and here? Yes, well, I'll, I'll be able to tell you more about the differences, you know, after uh, after the fair has been. So in a week, we're, we're traveling, obviously, to, to, to L.A., um, 
I mean, look, you know, it's a foray into a completely new, different, you know, new city. Obviously, it's a huge place, LA, and and uh, I think it has tremendous potential. And I think we're just, I think the scene is just beginning. You know, there's a lot of of, of, of bubbling excitement going on. There's, you know, a few bars, a few shops, obviously that have been there for for, for a while. But given the sheer size of Los Angeles, you know, there's room for a lot more, which is why we picked. Los Angeles in a way rather than maybe other places on, on, on the west coast um, because I feel like in the maybe the medium maybe in two, three, four years time there, there will be I hope uh, a real explosion in terms of places you know for, for, for people to go and eat at and drink at and buy the wines and I, I've already heard uh, of places you know of people in, in New York moving into LA and opening places you know in the next few months so for me LA you know, the first year is always a bit of a, of a test. I'm really excited. The importers have been tremendously supportive. Uh, tickets are selling. Uh, you know, it's a smaller event, but, um, you know, I think it would be really cool. And how do you think the scene in New York has changed as you've been kind of involved here and even viewing it from afar? What does natural wine look like in, in New York? I mean, look, uh, you know, we've only really been doing this fair for, for, for two years. Um, it seems that there's more places opening up. I think, I think there's still a lot of, a lot of space for, 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 for potential, you know, even in, in New York, there, there are a few places, but if you, if you look at Paris, which for me is probably the most developed natural wine scene in, in the world in terms of where you can eat, drink, and, and where you can buy, 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 the, buy the wines. I think in New York, you still have to kind of plan a little bit, you know, your trip where you want to get hold of, of, of wines. I mean, Brooklyn is coming out as, as you know, uh, a bit of a mecca with tons of places, new places, but obviously there's a lot, you know, other established businesses in Manhattan. But I think, I think it's there's still room. I mean, it's, it's a huge place. So in my, you know, from afar, it looks like wow, there's you know, there's so much more that can happen. It's it's like London, you know, we've got tons of places, particularly in East London. But you know, you still have to think. Okay, I want to drink great wine, natural wine. I want to eat well. You still have to plan a little bit where you go. Whereas if you're in Paris. The chances are you can bump into a place to, to, to drink natural wine actually quite quite easily. So this is where we need to be <laughs> in a few years' time. And just kind of from our perspective being here, we are so happy to have the fair here as consumers and as media people as well. How do wine. you... Well, just to have all these producers in one place. And I think what you've done by gathering all these people has just generated this kind of level of excitement that the producers feel and the consumers feel. Um, how, do you, how do you foster that? What is the community like in kind of natural wine? And when you're putting the fair together, are you approaching people or are they coming to you? So in terms of now attendance, you know, um, it tends to be growers who approach us and, and who want to take part in, in, in the fair. So we always end up with a waiting list wherever we, wherever we, 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 we go, um, you know, which is great. And at the same time, I wish I could just welcome everybody. But, you know, I think it's important to keep it to a, a sensible size. I think 148, which is what we have today, is actually, you know, it's maybe on the, on the sort of slightly larger size, but aside. But I think it's a manageable number, you know, because we... You have to create a, a big enough mass to attract people who will be traveling maybe three or four hours by plane to come over here. You know, I'm not going to throw a tasting with 50 growers and expect, you know, people to come from all over the world, literally, which is what ha what's happening today. So 
I think in terms of trying to making sure that, and in fact, I was chatting with an importer yesterday who was saying to me that now this is the second year, they're already looking forward to the third year, and they're already planning to meet people. So they are now people are organizing meeting here, you know, distributors, importers, the growers, they are, they, they, they are kind of planning, you know, meeting around when the fair is, is in town because everybody's here, so it's actually very easy and everybody has a reason to travel here. So for me, that's, that's brilliant, you know, because it's not just about two days of, of, of tasting these growers, it's also about everything that happens around it. So all these meetings, but also the Raw Wine Week, which has been like amazingly well re received. We have over 100 events happening, obviously in New York, in LA, but also in Chicago, in, in, in other places all around, all around the US. And the, the idea behind this is very much about this community, you know. If I live in Detroit, I might not be able to fly over and come here, but maybe I want to be able to taste some of these wines. So try and foster these events, uh, try and grow the community and, and get the, 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 the events, you know, the growth to the community. So it's beyond New York and, and, and L.A. And I think you just have to work, try and get everybody involved, you know, put everybody in the mix and then just see what happens at the end. And this is how we try and, and, and do it. That's almost a nice analogy to kind of natural winemaking, uh, kind of not adding or taking things away, just like putting it all in and seeing what happens. Yeah, and also being really respectful because I'm aware that there is obviously, you know, this, this stuff happening without us. You know, we're just another thing. So it's, it's, it's also about how we can blend in, how we can be part of this community and how we can support the community without feeling, oh my God, we're the new kids in town and we're coming from Europe and you know, move over or, or whatever. It's, 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 it's very much about how, we, how it can be a real win-win for everybody, you know, the growers, the distributors, the wine drinkers. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, that's, that's the, that's the plan, that's the name of the game. A few of the growers I've talked to have highlighted the importance of being able to tell their stories to consumers here. What do you think the role of storytelling is in selling these wines and building community? I think it's huge. You know, these wines are very hand-sold. Um, you know, they tend to be, or they can be, and they, you know, a bit more expensive because obviously they take more, more energy, more manpower, they make less, so, so the, you know, the price is, is, is fair, but also they're in small quantities. They can look and taste maybe a bit different. So you need to have, you know, people to embrace them and then pour them in, like, in, 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 in bars and be able to tell, to tell that human story. Um, and I think... You know, for me, it's all about the people. You know, really, when I decide I'm going to be drinking this wine, I actually think, really, actually, I'm thinking about this particular person, this particular farmer. I'm thinking of, hmm, actually, I really fancy drinking something that they've made, you know, and, and, um, and it, they're completely interlinked. I don't think you can really pull the wine away from, from, from the person, which is nice, you know, and, and it's not about BS, you know. It's, it's like it's real people and real stories. You know, we've had, I think the wine industry has suffered a lot of marketing spiel to sell us the idea of terroir and you know these farmers everywhere when most wines made without the human touch or even like you know having anybody kind of touch and feel the grapes everything is, is completely driven by machinery um, so I think I think the story is, is is really what it's about you know very much like when you buy your bread and it's really about the person who's going to be baking it and you're going to be going there and meeting them. Uh, this is exactly the same. You know, we need to stop thinking that wine is a food, not just, well, you know, just a drink. It's, it's actually something you ingest. It's something made by somebody, you know. It's, it's, a, real, it's a real art and there are people who craft it and, and not to get too intellectual, but think of it more as a, 
something that you, you eat and you know, enjoy and digest. Absolutely, and along those lines, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about labeling in natural wine. Thinking about it as food, you see ingredient labels on everything we eat, but it's so tricky in wine. Do you think that there's trouble in labeling or do you think it would be beneficial? What's the future look like yeah, for that? I mean, it's completely, it would be completely beneficial. The Renaissance is very shocking that it's not a requirement. You know, why do we have to label all the ingredients you know, and I know, you know, labeling is actually, it's not that straightforward, you know, you, you have, you read labels and actually it hides tons of other stuff so people can always cheat, you know, with, with ingredient labeling. But I think this would be a great start and I think people need to get out of this. You know, look, if, you, if we went out, not here, but let, let's go to the nearest L stop here, Jefferson, and did a poll and said, how is wine made? People would say, oh, it's just grapes. People think all the wines out there is natural and we need to crack this. You know, people need to realize that, you know, wine by the vast, vast, vast majority is made with actually quite a lot of additives. And I think if we started by putting ingredients in the label, people say, oh, it's not possible, there's too many ingredients or whatever, but people would then start thinking about what they're, what they're drinking, how they're buying, you know, and, and they would have a lot more, you know, they'd have power, they'd have the choice. At the moment, it's just a bit like walking into a wine store with a blindfold, grabbing a bottle of wine, drinking it, and then that's it. It's the equivalent of going to a supermarket, grabbing a piece of, a piece of, of beef, regardless of how it's been farmed, just eating it, thinking you're eating something which has been grass-fed, farmed, you know. So I think we need to start being respectful to the consumer, to the wine drinker, because at the moment the wine consumer is, is not being treated very respectfully, in my opinion, by the industry. And that has a lot to do with championing transparency. And I know that all these wines that when you look through the catalog here for the fair, there are kind of things listed that you, a consumer might not think of. Can you talk a little bit about the process once you have growers that are signed on for the fair, doing some of that work to make everything very transparent? Yeah, so that was the commitment we made, you know, part of the, which is partly why I called it raw wine, you know, it's really about that kind of unadulterated, you know, really honest, uh, expression of, 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 of wine and um, we so and I was clear from the beginning that n transparency doesn't happen so I wanted us to champion it and actually show an example as to how you communicate about that so it's very easy for us because to be honest people either don't do not add anything or they the only thing that they will add is maybe a bit of sulfites so it's quite easy to be transparent when you have one maybe two ingredients added okay so we have it easy but what we do is a people have to follow a chart of quality the wines being presented at the fair have a um, you know cannot exceed a, a certain amount of sulfite total in the bottle we ask for analyses of every single wine that comes into the fair and so in terms of what you know what the wine has in terms of sulfite totals and then we disclose that so people know exactly actually how much uh, sulfites have been added or if the wine I think maybe we have a producer that uses egg whites which means it's not vegan friendly then we say it's been fined with egg whites this wine is not vegan friendly you know um, because for example a lot of wines in the commercial world sort of in the more conventionally made wine people use for example you know derivatives like fish fish bladder derivatives so the wine is not even vegetarian right so I think this conversation needs to start sort of stepping up and people need to be more and more aware of this and something that as a regular cider drinker I am excited about is that it's not just wine here can you talk a little bit about things that are not made from grapes that are featured in the yeah fair? yeah we have we have like ciders meads uh, tea, even. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, 
it's it's very much that same philosophy of artisan drinks, uh, but they have to follow the same requirements. You know, they have to be made from organic fruits, uh, naturally fermented, uh, and they have to be alive. So you know, a maximum amount of sulfites. And again, we disclose how much sulfites maybe have you know has been used. So you know, there's I think it's really important to 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 embrace you know the like the developments in the drinks industry, you know, with all these, I, I wish I had more craft spirits, so it's not something I've really focused on, but I would love actually to grow to grow this and have a whole section where you could drink, you know, really amazing uh, spirits made from, from organic fruits. Um, I think, you know, people have this idea that if you distill, you... You, uh, you purify, but you know if you distill, you concentrate. So if you distill grape, grape you know, wine to make a, a spirit or, or even a, to make grappa, or then you concentrate all the pesticides. So I think that's the next step is, is to realize that you know, the world of drinks is, is, in, a, is a, in a bit of a mess, but they are you know, in little, the little worlds in the, in, the, in the cider area where everything is changing and, and people like next door are making some, some really, really fabulous uh, ciders, meads, cognac. We've got a cognac producer here. So, yeah, it's, the revolution is happening everywhere. <laughs> and it's funny to think of kind of where we are in natural wine as being a leader in that because sometimes it still feels a little bit like the Wild West. But I think these other industries are really looking to things like this event and what you've done as far as the storytelling so far to champion some of that, especially in cider, but I think farm-based other spirits and even kind of in beer too. Um, So that's really, I think it's very special that we can look to natural wine already, even though it seems to most of us, especially here in Brooklyn, like kind of a new thing. That's good to know. I mean, you know, we all need, need to work together. We all you know, whether you, you are making craft cider, but properly, or craft beer, but again, properly, because again, craft beer has become quite a big big thing, hasn't it? And it's not really regulated. What does actually, what does it mean? Uh, and there's not that many organic beers either. Um, but I think we need to all work together because we all sell, whether it's wine, beer, meat, spirit, actually, we sell in the same restaurant or in the same shop. Uh, so I think it's really key that we pull together as an industry so that we can, you know not win but it's not a, a battle but so that we can we can grow we can get organized um, and then we can keep on communi- communicating about proper way of, of working and you know all these back to tradition and so on which is so important so I was reading through your book and a little bit about your history yeah. and there was a line about how you yourself are not a winemaker and you've sort of ended up being a champion of the movement um, I'd love to talk to you about how you deal with kind of being a face but also not a producer. I don't know. I this I've never I've never had this question before. So it's obviously a good question. Um, I mean, look, I'm not a wine producer, and yes, I don't I don't risk my livelihood on a day to day basis by making wine, you know, naturally or, or with very little. So I'm sure sometimes maybe I don't always value enough, you know, what it takes to make you know these these amazing uh, these amazing wines. Um, but you know, I was brought up on a farm. I was brought up with, you know, animal husbandry and making butter and making jam and making sausages and going into the vineyard and, you know, not having a lot of cash going around. And, you know, I am a farmer's girl, you know, I was brought up on the farm and that's where my heart is. So I can really relate to this way of life because that's how I was brought up. And I now live in London, but I'm hoping to get back to, you know, a more uh, country-based sort of life. Um, I think maybe what it, you know, the 
the advantage, I mean, you so the, the, the negative side is that I'm not always able to sort of maybe think, oh my God, you know, what is it like to actually lose your entire harvest because of because of hailstorms and, and, and frost or a disaster in, in, in the cellar. Um, but on the other end, it also gives me the perspective, a, a very global perspective. So I'm hoping that, that the experience of, of traveling a lot and meeting a lot of people, both on the production side and on the distribution side, helps me sort of like provide an event which serves the, the you know maybe the community on a, on a, on a on a slightly larger level um, you know we I really try really hard to get the right visitors to come to the fair and people who, who really get the stories from from the growers because you know I could I could have 5,000 people in here and people thinking oh my god what the hell are these wines you know and not really not really getting exciting by them so the the you know what we work really hard at is is getting the right people in in you know in that room so i'm hoping that that experience and and the fact that you know i am in contact with distributors all the time whether they are in la whether they are uh you know in mexico whether they are in japan or you know i i sort of like i'm hoping that we're able to translate this into an event which makes commercial sense uh so you know yeah i think i think it's I think it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> we were talking earlier about how, as far as the other growers go, they don't necessarily need someone else kind of down the street from them doing it, but to have someone whose focus can be on that broader, more global perspective is, mm. is very important. And I very often, you know, I have conversations with growers who like say, okay, we're thinking about, you know, going with this importer, what do you think? Or what is the market like in, you know, I've spent some time in Russia and I was able to sort of say, well, look, you know, there's actually some stuff happening there and maybe we could, you know. So I think I, you know, I often get an email or a phone call or whatever, people saying, oh, you know, we're unsure about this or do you think LA is going to be an exciting place for us? So, you know, we are able to sort of, you know, maybe, I don't know, sort of help with, having a, a, a broader look onto, you know, and also how to tell the story of what they do. Because very often, you know, the growers, they are so like into what they do on a day-to-day -day basis that they don't realize like how amazing it is or how sometimes to maybe tell the story simply or how to, you know, we do a lot of work with the press and, you know, so I think we sort of, we bridge some gaps, hopefully. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us and give a little more context to everything that we've been tasting and talking about all, all weekend here. Well, it's my pleasure. It was nice having you. And look, we're just finishing in time before the rain starts. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to be the heavens are opening. So hopefully not too much. But thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Ciao. <laughs>